Welcome to You Love to See It, a podcast where we watch movies and TV shows and then tell you all about them. This week, we're watching Lonely Island's 2016 mockumentary feature, Popstar. Never stop, never stopping. I wrote the wrong thing in here, but it's never stop, never stopping. How the title you've written down is also very good. What is the title? I, I wrote down Don't Stop, Never Stopping, which is, I, I realized that it was wrong. Uh, <laughs> uh, I am Danielle, even though I'm wrong, and I'm joined today by social editor Nikki Grayson. Hello. And features and trending editor Merritt Kay. Hey, what's up? So I'm going to do the the sort of usual thing that I like to do, which is uh, I'm going to describe the movie from Wikipedia, and then I'm going to ask both of you what your history with the movie and high-level take on it is. So here we go with the description. Childhood friends Connor, Andy Samberg, Owen, Jorma Tacone, and Lawrence, Akiva Schaefer, found fame and fortune after forming the hip-hop group The Style Boys, with a Z, by the way, editorial note. Owen and Lawrence faded into the background when frontman Connor left the band to launch a successful solo career. Now, the egotistical singer decides to film a documentary about his life while he's still on top. When his second album flops, the camera is there to capture his world come crashing down. So, Nikki and Merritt, I was new to this movie. I'm not sure if either of you were new to this movie. Nikki, I know you actually chose this. This is a Nikki take, so... yeah. What, what was your sort of history with this uh, amazing film? So I uh, love The Lonely Island. It was the first thing that I felt like, um, because like this was my, you know how everyone's like, you're, the era you're watching SNL when you're like between the ages of like 13 and like 17 is when you think SNL was the best. Mm-hmm. Uh, that this was my, like the Lonely Island era of Saturday Night Live was my era of Saturday Night Live. Um, and it was the first time I was like, ah, this is what comedy is. <laughs> so I've, I've loved The Lonely Island uh, since they started on SNL. Um, and I've just basically been consuming everything that they make ever since. Um, and I was very excited to see that they were finally like making a real movie um, that had music in it. Because they did Hot Rod, which was like written by them, but did not feature uh, their musical stylings uh, to the extent this film does. That's that's true. Yeah. Uh, Merritt, how about you? Have you seen this before? Yeah, no, this was my first time. But I also had been... Like, so my freshman year is when Lazy Sunday came out. And then my <laughs> senior year is when I'm on a boat came out. So I was kind of like... That was sort of like the arc. The early arc of Lonely Island was like my entire college career. So I was like right in the prime demographic for that because I definitely remember like clubs playing I'm on a boat like (laughs) it was like a fucking actual banger for a while um and uh yeah so I was like pretty deep into them I kind of like lost track of them for a while uh I actually watched Hot Rod a few weeks ago and didn't care for it really at all um and I think that's for a few reasons, but this movie worked for me a lot more, I think, because it really plays to their strengths of, like, I really like um, their music. I've done uh, Captain Jack uh, at karaoke before. The, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, Good. I forget what the song is actually called, but it's the one where they're oh, trying Jack to do, Sparrow. like, Jack Sparrow. They're trying to do, like, a cool, like, club song, and uh, uh, Michael Bolton is just, like 
singing about he derailing him. He just keeps derailing it by singing about movies that he likes. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, I'm like a big fan. Um, I I'm just like a sucker for like, maybe this makes me a mark, but like for like this boyish kind of like goofball, uh, mm-hmm. people that Andy Samberg is like kind of exemplary of. So yeah. Uh, I, I'm, I'm going to be the hater. I'm so sorry. I feel really bad about this. I'm not gonna, I'm not going to be a, an unprofessional hater though. Um, I, I don't think it's age this time. I mean, usually I think it's because I'm like an old lady. But I was actually, I was a senior, I think, in college when their first, when Lazy Sunday came out. And I was just like, what's that? I don't, I don't know what that is. So therefore, I'm a crappy hater who hates fun. Uh, but this is my first time watching the movie. And I will say, this is not for me. But that doesn't mean my heart is not open to hearing from both of you why that this is for you so andy samberg i like him on brooklyn 99 i've liked him at times but he's just not my favorite uh and again i'm not gonna sit here and like poo poo on this i want to know what makes this special and so i guess we'll kind of go through the movie it starts out uh it, the whole thing is like a mockumentary right it is very much like a this is spinal tap but for you know 2016 which is uh the year this actually came out and it was kind of unfortunately both critically a success and something of a box office bomb it, it did not do super well at the time even though it's pretty much beloved like i was looking at the ratings and people really enjoyed this movie they thought it was pretty funny they thought it was like a really good satire a really good parody of the sort of you know celebrity obsessed like tmz type of of uh you know musical documentary that it is and there's actually like a, a very tmz parody within it which i thought was quite mm-hmm. funny the cmz people yeah. and there's a an extension of that sketch into the credits which is very good i will say this I, I while this movie may not be my personal favorite i think there are a lot of things in it that work super well and there are like a lot of like moments that super did work for me and a lot of that goes down to kind of the performances and just how good some of the the gags are but to start from the actual plot of the movie uh, it starts with a sort of historical overview of the Style Boys as these like three dorky white kids who, uh, you know, are musical geniuses. I guess Connor's the only. Well, well, we can talk about that later. But Connor is sort of like a drum prodigy. He's a yeah. baby playing drums. Which is, is great to me because it's never touched upon again. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Like, his actual musical talent is not... Well, his singing certainly is focused on, but, like, the rest of the movie concerns the fact that he didn't necessarily write all the best songs, and he and he certainly didn't necessarily, uh, you know, produce or, or make the beats for a lot of his best songs. So it's very interesting that it's, like, he's the musical genius, sort of, <laughs> which is pretty good. Uh, but we kind of go through the, uh, the history of the Style Boys as, like, a Beastie Boys-ish uh, sort of a rap boy band and they sing about you know songs that are uh they do lonely island songs really uh which both of you probably know much better than me so if either of you want to kind of talk about the style of the early style boys songs and whether that kind of worked for you or not yeah so they're i think they're just making like like goofy pop music that (laughs) is that leans very heavily into uh kind of blowing up very simple gags like into <laughs> long songs um 
like this morning while I was like kind of getting ready, I like the thing that the song that I think best exemplifies this. There's a song on their third album, the Whack album, called Semicolon, where <laughs> they just start sentences like, uh, "You're gonna have a whale of a time, Shamu," and that's the like it's the entirety of the song is them building out uh, is them building out like sentences with semicolons, um, and then they realize that they're not actually using semicolons; they're using colons. But the entirety of like their their musical stylings, I think, are just like blowing up very simple jokes into three to three minute long songs. But I also don't think that any of their stuff works if the music is not produced as well as it is. Um, sure. And like that is crucial. Like the music is legitimately good pop music mm-hmm. uh, set like because it's like expertly constructed and the beats are good. And lyrically, like even though the lyrics don't make any sense, they're <laughs> like super well crafted. Um, yeah. Yeah. So some of this that works for me, especially is having like actual famous rappers, like playing themselves, Mm -hmm. like in interviews in the very like VH1 behind the music or like a current, you know, sort of music documentary style, like talking about how much these songs spoke to them. And of course they're always like really goofy songs, right? You'll have like actual real people being like, Man, that really spoke to me. You have like Usher talking about how great yeah. God, <laughs> like the Usher <laughs> fucking payoff at the end of the movie is it's so tremendous. good. It's so good yeah. because like you have him like early on being like, oh, I just like I dreamed of like getting up on stage and like doing the donkey roll with, <laughs> with the style boys. And then like just like that. It's just like a throwaway line. Yeah. yeah. And then like he comes out at the end of the movie is like it's tremendous. It's so good. It's so good. Yeah. There it's, are a lot of all- great payoffs. <laughs> Sorry, it's also like beat for beat what so like the beginning of this film is beat for beat what happens in Justin Bieber's uh what's the documentary called Never Say Never documentary mm-hmm. oh god um and Usher is featured very heavily in that in a <laughs> basically the same role because Usher quote found Justin Bieber um and he at the end shows up in the at the end of the documentary so it's a very it's a very good mirror See, that's something I super want to ask you all about, because I am, uh, as a certified old and someone who doesn't necessarily know all of the, like, the actual connections here, I kind of got that sense that, like, no, this is, this is something specific. This isn't just funny because of X. Like, it's not just funny because of the construction. This has to be really specifically commenting on something real here, like something very specific. So it's like, that's super good to know that it's a very, 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 like compact call out that does pay yeah. off in the end in such a nice way and yeah. i and i will need your help finding those in this yeah it's I'm a whole old. it's a it's a large dig at justin bieber that takes a detour about a third of the way through to just punch macklemore in the face yes <laughs> um yes and then that is very and then, good. then they drive away <laughs> it's really good uh yeah, I mean that one I actually got, so I'm I'm very proud of myself. But yeah, that was, <laughs> it was very good. It's very good. Justin Bieber, Never Say Never, 2011. Wait, this was in 3D. Oh my I god. Was? Oh, Word? apparently this is a 3D concert film. I did Ooh. see this in theaters. I did not see it in 3D. Okay. Wow. Also, Directed like John Chu, by the <laughs> way. Director <of> <laughs> good. <Asians>. Very good. <laughs> This, <laughs> yes, I feel Mary, like uh, Popstar is also kind of like a meta commentary on the Lonely Island um, because mm-hmm. the three of them like were childhood friends, uh, like yeah. Yorma, Akiva, and Andy. And like Andy Samberg's career has like 
fucking exploded in a way that there's, I mean, they're doing fine for themselves, like, but they're not, you know, like in like on like TV roles and they're not doing like, like headlining movies and things like that. So like he sort of is the Connor for real of the lonely Island. Um, And I don't know like what their relationship is like. I don't, I haven't heard anything about it being bad, but I can imagine that like there is some stress when something like that happens, right? When like your comedy trio, one of the members for whatever reason, because he's like more photogenic or, or charismatic or something happens to like, blow the fuck up and the other two like don't quite in the same way yeah because even at the beginning of not the very beginning of their careers but towards the beginning Andy Samberg was hired as like a featured player on SNL whereas the other two were like oh you can yeah you can be here you can be writers but you can't be on the show you know which is very like right there uh right there's that commentary uh, but sort of uh, to go through uh, more of the plot of the movie, we we start with the friends, we start with the style boys, and we start to see Connor for real getting ready to launch <laughs> Conquest, his uh, second album, which features such beautiful music as, God, what the fuck is the name of the, the gay marriage song? Uh, Equal Rights? Equal Rights. Equal Rights, rights yeah. which is, <laughs> so this is the part, good. this is the part that like, I, I started, um, just, just to give you my, my sense on this. I was watching this. I was like, all right, all right. I see I see what's going on. I see what's going on. And then there are some incredible editing gags in this, <laughs> like, that really just sell the shit out of it. His, his sort of, you know, it starts with his not gay. So he's singing this song about gay rights, like being like, oh, we need gay rights. And again, this is in uh, 2016. So gay marriage is, is already legal in America <laughs> at this point, uh, which is very good. Uh, but, you know, the whole refrain is like, oh, I wish people had equal rights, not gay, and, and just kind of adds not gay into every other line, but then starts saying things like monster trucks and uh, hot wings and all sorts mm-hmm. of other stuff. And it's coming up in this very, like, YouTube editing kind of way, uh, which is very nice to see in a feature film. Like, you, you, you don't usually see that type of editing where it's like, I'm going to just show the still picture of the thing we're talking about for two seconds, not even two seconds, half a second kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, so that's very good, and... His album uh, doesn't get the hottest reviews. Uh, you know, Pitchfork, uh, Pitchfork didn't love it. Uh, God, that's such a good gag that only is funny to like six people. The Pitchfork yeah. thing is so good. Like that, like the Pitchfork, watching it again, the Pitchfork gag to me was uh, what made me realize like why this movie uh, didn't maybe do numbers because <laughs> the circle, the circle uh, for which people who like the lonely island and people who like uh music mockumentaries and then the people who also understand what pitchfork is mm-hmm. like in the in the in the music criticism space <laughs> that Venn diagram does not have that big of an overlap um yeah yeah, yeah that's fair uh it, it's a it's a lovely a lovely gag that then connor goes to the onion and sees that it was a triumph <laughs> which is very cute it's very cute. I think it's a great payoff for that joke because it's it's one yeah. of those like classic three setups. Like there's like, all right, and here, two two things in the punchline, right? Like there is a lot of that sort of construction going on, which is fun and cute. And we start going through uh, a lot of like the details of his life. Like he has what thirty four people on the payroll, including somebody to kick him in the balls so he knows where he comes from. <laughs> <kind of thing. laughs> Which is good. And we meet Harry.
Harry. Harry, his manager, who I think is one of the best parts of this whole movie. Tim Meadows. Just puts in good work of Tony, 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 Tony. (laughs) Oh, that is really good. (laughs) That is a very, very good joke. Um, And I just love Tim Meadows, and I wish he was in more things uh, that I've seen. I guess... I could actually, you know, look and see what he's made uh, recently, but I had not seen him in anything in quite a while. So this was a treat for me to kind of see him just throughout the movie. He also has like a really good arc, actually, uh, as a character going from being like really just this like, uh, you know, like rather opportunistic manager to to kind of, uh, you know, embracing love and friendship and, and all that other kind of shit. And also embracing his inner like, I don't know. His inner, uh, his inner black dad. He like he blows up. He blows nice. up at Chris Red's character at the end of the film in a way that is like, um, that is if you're if you're black, you've seen your dad do the same thing in a way that like hurt my body. Like it was very funny, but it hurt my body. Yeah, <laughs> it's oh. very good. That's so awesome. Tim I Meadows. love his his backstory is so good though. Like the yeah. fact, the idea that he was in like a New Jack swing band that's just like <laughs> that he's now like extremely bitter at and like is just like hoping that like they see that he's successful as like a manager now. And his <sighs> like evil smile at that is maybe the mm-hmm, best mm-hmm. thing where he's he's being interviewed as you know talking about his his success and he's just like with this like slightly shit-eating grand just like yeah i hope they that's that. he's he does he's so good at that like he's like he's so good at playing these like really good-natured guys who have like this little thing underneath of just like yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's right uh-huh. it's, incredible. <laughs> it's incredible it really is incredible um now that we're talking about this movie i think i may maybe like it better Hell yeah. <laughs> like, it. T- maybe talking about it is making me have more fondness for for a lot of the things that did work here for me. So I, it's working, y'all. It's working. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, after we kind of meet everybody and we see Connor's uh, bit of a flop at the beginning of the album, he's getting ready to go on tour. Uh, and we're also getting a bit of the backstory as well about the breakup of the Style Boys. Uh, where his friend, uh, I believe it's Owen, stays with him as his DJ, even though he does nothing. Uh, even yes. though he is actually, in fact, a, a talented musician. He's he's good at putting together beats. He's actually good at instrumentation. Uh, but Connor doesn't need that because he has a hundred producers on this album. <laughs> he has some like yeah. crazy number of producers on this album, uh, and he uh, we reveal that there is a tragic backstory with uh, Jordan. Sorry, Lawrence, excuse me, excuse me, Lawrence, who is now a farmer. He's not a very good farmer, but he's a farmer, and he's very bitter because he feels uh, that uh, he wasn't given proper credit for a song that ended up being a big break for Connor. So we've we've got the players in place, and now Connor for real and his incredible crew of 34 people on his payroll <laughs> go on tour. <laughs> uh do you want to, uh, Nikki, do you want to talk about a couple of the other people uh, on the payroll in these sort of early moments of the tour? Yeah, so we've got <laughs> we've got Sarah Silverman in uh, what I think might be one of her best yes. performances uh, as the so PR, <laughs> uh, as his PR person. Um, he's She's just great in that. Uh, Justin Timberlake is there. What's this? <laughs> 
chef's name oh. julian is no, it julian no that's the name of the the carrots oh um, the carrot right sorry his name is like something really tyrus? bizarre maybe tyrus tyrus it tyrus. is tyrus okay. is tyrus the chef it was me um, tyrus which is very good uh yeah. There's a there's a bit at, towards the end of the film where they ask him to cut quieter. Yeah. <laughs> where he <laughs> takes a knife and painstakingly, so slowly, cuts through a small carrot. Um which is great. The uh, Bill Hader is in this. Yes. Uh, as their like like their equipment manager. And his thing is that he likes to flatline, like in yeah. the film Flatliners. <laughs> favorite joke in this entire movie just so you know like this i genuinely cackled at it, it is bill Hader being the most like his name is zippy by the way <laughs> like mm-hmm. just just to begin his name is fucking zippy the guitar uh wrangler i guess even though there's like no guitars used whatsoever. yeah that's the, that's the other the thing at no point are there <laughs> instruments in the performance. yeah i think that gag is like cut from the the theatrical release because yeah. it's in the trailer oh. where he's like yeah no here, they don't really use guitars but like they're here if they ever decide they want to <laughs> And he like drops all of them of course like yeah. he he like crushes them and then we get that great flatliners uh joke and then it, he he wakes up from flatlining he's like did I shit myself and you know the very goth doctor who's apparently watching this is like not this time and it's just like <laughs> it's out of fucking nowhere but it's beautiful it's just so good it's such a good gag but yeah sorry keep going Nikki I just got very excited about that one um there's the guy <laughs> We, as we mentioned, the guy who's paid to punch him in the nuts to remind him where he came from. Oh my god, wait. I just, okay. I just realized something. Uh, so we didn't talk about his perspective manipulator, who is oh, right. a guy that god. he pays to stand next to him to make him look taller. <laughs> yeah. that guy, that's Danny Strong, who is Doyle in Gilmore Girls and Jonathan in Buffy the Vampire Slayer. What? Oh my Good god. For Danny. He's the him. fucking nerd in Buffy the Vampire Slayer. I guess he was in... Oh, no, he wrote the two-part finale of The Hunger Games. Wow. Oh, my God. And he co-created Empire. So good for him. Multi-talented. Honestly, that's a he's, career right there. Yeah, that's a he's doing great. Career. Yeah. Oh, incredible. Incredible. Uh, so things uh, apparently aren't going super well. On tour. Uh, there is another wonderful gag. Uh, there's an 18,000 seat arena. It's my favorite <laughs> This is the joke. best joke in the movie. Yes. Yeah. Yes, go for it. Yeah. Um, I do. I'm just gonna... I had it here. Okay, so yeah, they... <laughs> he doesn't sell an arena out. Uh, it's like an 18,000 seat arena. And I'm just gonna read. I, mean, I have it here. I have it pulled up. <laughs> uh, it's a conversation between Connor and Harry, uh, and his manager. Uh he is Connor walks in and is like, why wasn't the arena sold out? This is because he very specifically does like people on the left say you're here in the middle. And he's like in the upper deck and there's one guy. <laughs> um, so Harry says, first of all, this is an 18,000 seat arena. Nobody sells this out. You sold 15,000 seats. It's still really good. No, it's not good. Hammerleg sold Hammerleg, by the way, is weird. Al Yankovic. Yeah. Hammerleg <laughs> sold this place out last week. Harry says, well, Aquaspin agrees with you. They're concerned with ticket sales. What? But it's an 18,000 seat place. Nobody sells that out. <laughs> Hammer like did last week. 
It's uh, yeah. it's just so well timed the speed at which the speed at which you watch them switch roles mm-hmm. in that six lines is so good. <sighs> yeah. It's so good. It's so well done. And and I should note, I, I've been remiss. I, I've I didn't forget, but I forgot the order. He's already working with Aquaspin at this point, which yes. Maya Rudolph, who I love <laughs> dearly, is a like slightly deranged salesperson or PR Deborah. person or whoever who works at Aquaspin, which plays the music of his album every time you open the door to your uh, your washing machine, yeah. which causes a global short out. Which. <laughs> Okay, wait. Is this, a, this is like a U two thing, right? Because when did yeah, that U two yeah. iPod thing happen? Uh, oh god, twenty fifteen, I think. Yeah. U two iPod or U two iTunes uh, album. It was it was twenty fourteen. Okay, think. so wow. just probably the year before they shot this, then. Yeah. So okay. So recent. it's yeah, it's definitely that because like the fucking antagonism towards you two after that was so strong so much it's so much uh so that also contributes of course to connor's uh some slight failures here and then of course uh contributes to that wonderful gag really really great and then uh so harry decides hey what about a starting act Uh, that might be a good idea nice shot in the arm here so he recommends hunter the hungry (laughs) chris red just uh, doing like a fucking pitch perfect Tyler the Creator here. <laughs> so good. His eye. There are so many shots where uh, he's just in the background of things, but he's he's like his eyes are wide open mm-hmm. for no <laughs> yes. reason, and he's it's just uh, so good, so good. I wonder if in 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 the lore, if uh, Hunter the Hungry does follows Tyler the Creator's. Uh, career path to making very soft music like, <laughs> <years later. laughs> honestly i kind of want just like a sequel youtube video that's just that yeah. like that's all it needs to be like he's just you know just very very relaxed but hunter hunter is the hot new thing right he he is the hotness uh harry's really into it harry's really excited mm. about it and so they bring him on the tour and uh everybody kind of hates hunter because he's really into very mean pranks uh, which <laughs> often befall uh, many of the people on on sort of Connor's crew. Uh, he he's pretty mean to Owen. He does something with liquid near Owen's like laptop where he's very clearly actually working on real music uh, at some point, which is like, oh, poor Owen. It's very sad. Uh, and a couple of these sort of uh, the folks on the crew are like, his sense of humor is you just want him to stop. You just want him to stop, but he never stops. Uh, and there's a lot of. Uh, it's like a little montage of gags. Uh, Merritt, do you do you uh, have any particular favorites in this little gag montage? Oh my god, um, I don't know if I remember them. I mean, it's just kind of like a, a montage. So yeah, the one that was the most memorable for me was just like him him like clearly ruining Owen's day, like spilling. It was like a water gun. It's something with liquid. I might be misremembering it, but like just ruining out poor Owen's life. Who's this very meek? Uh, musician character uh, but it all kind of culminates in uh, they they sort of create a lot of gags they make Owen wear uh, a giant helmet that makes a very <laughs> terrifying noise oh my god and uh, it just shoots a fucking laser <laughs> yeah uh, I really you know what 
This movie's all right. I, I'm yeah. having a lot of fun talking about it. Maybe I'm having more fun talking about it than watching it, but I'm okay with that. I, if I got joy out of this, it's great. Uh, but the prank, the whole sort of prank storyline culminates uh, as we're going into more gags during the tour. Uh, there's a, a multiple costume change gag that Connor does. And uh, Connor, you know, changes into just a bunch of different outfits at one point. But it only works because he is tucking his genitals. Now... Somebody did something, and it's not clear at first, but somebody did something so that there would be a wardrobe malfunction, which is very clearly a, a, a Justin Timberlake uh, callback, even though he's in mm -hmm. this movie and clearly in on all the jokes. But it's, you know, it's kind of going after that to a degree where he is uh, naked on stage, but he, because he's tucking, it doesn't look like he has a penis. So there is like a 10 second period where he's just on stage naked freaking out <laughs> and he's oh, like i want to show you my off. dick but i can't yeah, he's like he's having the most existential crisis of his life because he can't show it but not showing it makes him feel even weirder so it's this just awful pain for him owen gets a concussion falling off the stage uh and you see him later in this scene with like an emt making sure he's not like dying it's very good there's it's that kind of like controlled chaos uh, of like just a great, you know, a bunch of slapstick comedy kind of all happening at once. Yeah. And then there's a question of whether Hunter <laughs> the Hungry did this prank. Was it him? Was it him? Yes. <laughs> well, <laughs> is it? Was? Did it? I don't know. <laughs> it's very uh, good. It's, it's good. And it creates tension between the two of them, which, you yeah. know, they were kind of bros before this, but there's tension now between Connor and Hunter. And Hunter's also getting more popular. He is kind of like the one that's that's really putting the butts in the seats at this point, even though Connor was the, the big star and Hunter was the kind of up and comer. So we have this tension going on while we still have the tension with Jordan on his farm. Uh, and shortly after this, there's a wonderful scene where Owen has watched The Parent Trap, which my second favorite joke in this whole movie is that he found an quote old obscure movie called Parent Trap and it's the like 2003 Lindsay Lohan version. Yeah, it's the version. Lindsay Lohan version. <laughs> That's extremely good to me. Um, <laughs> and he decides to use that tactic uh, to get the Style Boys back together because, you know, he was much happier when it was a trio and it wasn't just Connor's the star and now that Connor the star isn't working out so well, he's like, oh, maybe they'll apologize to each other. Uh, Meredith or Nikki, do you want to walk through this incredible scene in the limo? Oh my god! Yeah, you should, you should oh my god! <laughs> yeah, so he like he's like yeah, I like, use this this obscure movie called the uh, called the Parent Trap, and like Connor like is like, are you trying to Parent Trap us? <laughs> like he gets it like immediately, um, and then yeah, so he gets uh, he gets the two of them uh, in in the limo, and uh, they can't get out because they're like trapped by fans, so they're like, you know, they have to talk, and uh, obviously it doesn't work. Like, they just get mad at each other because neither one of them wants to... Well, Connor doesn't want to apologize, basically, is the problem. Uh, and he's just going on this long thing about how, like, oh, like, my fans, like, that's I'm the star, look. And, like, there's, like, this girl, like, like um, rubbing her tits all over the window. And then he's like, yeah. And he turns around back to the guy and he's like, yeah, see, like, I'm the best. Like, look at this. These are all my fans. They're here to see me. And, like, he's like... And in the meantime, the girl has moved away and like this guy is just like dragging his flaccid dick all over the window. <laughs> and everyone's just like, Connor, 
Connor. And he's just like, excuse me now, I'm going to go sign this. And then he like turns around and it's just like, and like this woman comes down and she's like, that's my fiance's dick. Like, we love you. Uh, and he's just like, I assume she would sign like above, like on like the pubis or something. No, he's signing the head of the penis yeah. with a marker. I- in like... <laughs> In the most like hesitant way, and he's like trying to get his signature on it, and it's just like, <laughs> oh my god! I love the use of the term John Hancock here. It's just it's very good. just it's get the old John Hancock over there. It's, it's it's so dumb, but it works so perfectly in this moment of of him like he's lifting up the dick with like another yeah, he, pen, yeah, so he, he doesn't have to touch to- it. <laughs> Yeah, he refuses to, to like actually touch it and do anything with it, but he also refuses to like take the L. So like it's just so good. It's so pained. It's such a pained it's a pained couple of seconds for him. Oh god. It's it's really wonderful. It's a, it's a wonderful gag. Uh and <laughs> this point, uh it's clear that things aren't going super well. So Sarah Silverman, the publicist, I don't even know her real name in this movie. I'm just gonna refer to her as Sarah Silverman, the uh publicist. Says, oh, maybe you should do things like take an ugly teenager to the prom or, you know, just create some news. So we get my third favorite uh, sequence of this movie, oh my God, uh, which yeah. is the seal wolf mm-hmm. proposal. Uh, so, uh, sorry, again, I was remiss. I did not mention uh, that Connor is dating Ashley Wednesday. It's Imogen Poot uh, <laughs> in real life. Uh, but Ashley Wednesday, another celebrity. They are a celebrity couple. And in order to kind of, you know, get some good publicity, get some good uh, sparks flying. He decides to propose to her uh, in a, you know, outrageous fashion, of course, with the cameras rolling. Uh, I don't know why, but there are trained wolves. But she has, well, because she was a wolf in a past life. Um, Right. Oh, my God. Of course. She she gets like, she doesn't really get much to do in this movie, but she does get like that one really good line where Uh she's just like talking about like, when I was a kid, I always looked in these magazines and would see these couples and you would always wonder like, are they together for real or not, or just for show? And I always knew I would be one of those couples. And it's just like, okay. Also, yeah. like, can I say, like, I I don't know if I really thought this was going to happen, but between the Equal Rights song and like this scene, I kind of thought they were going for like a, oh, is he secretly gay? Kind yeah. of thing. I was like, yeah. is the, are they going for like this? He's secretly gay arc. But then I was like, I don't see how that would play out. And like, it seemed, yeah. it would seem like a weird move for them because like, if they did it, they wouldn't be like making fun of it. Um, but I don't yeah, know how that would have like reconciled with the whole like split plot unless they were like together or something. But um, yeah, 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 yeah. So Paul Shear gets his like contractual five minutes. Like he has to be <laughs> in every movie. Um, yeah. But Which, you know what? Good for Paul. Good for him. He's for he's him. getting paid. He's yeah. He's like getting those credits. Uh, I once saw him. Uh, he he once ate dinner um, across the uh, a very small restaurant from me in San Francisco. Oh, nice. And I asked the waiter, "Is that Paul Shear?" And he said, "Yeah." And I was like, "Cool." I'm not going <laughs> to go say hi to him because uh, that's tacky. Uh, oh my god, though, and. Uh, so Seal's singing makes the wolves go crazy. <laughs> and Seal also here, like, very good. Seal, very good. Like, the whole bit about how he's, like, fought wolves before, and that's how yeah, he got his scars. Yeah. It's such a very good retcon. Do you want to know how I got these scars? <laughs> wolves. 
<laughs> fucking wolves, man. Yeah. And Tim Meadows just like when they ha- when they abandon him in a helicopter, and he's just like, "We killed Seal." <laughs> Um, and then he's not dead and he gets married to Ashley Wednesday. Yeah. Seal does? By the end. Yeah. yeah. Oh my god, they I missed that. They get together by the end of the film. It's yeah. very good. It's like a it's like a later on reveal. I think yeah. maybe when Connor's at his low point, I think mm-hmm. this, this ends up happening. Uh, but yeah, uh, she dumps him over this, over the killing of, not killing, but the, the injury of Seal. And in order to kind of reclaim his... Uh, some goodwill, even after that happened, he goes on Jimmy Fallon. <laughs> oh, my God. Which Vicky, is, you want to do okay, this one? This, yeah. is, this is tremendous because there's so many delicious things encased in this Tonight Show bit. First of all, Questlove has been in the movie throughout the movie. He's like the he's the uh, like the the musician that they go to the most, presumably because he was the easiest to get. For some reason, it's Questlove and Nas. Like, mm-hmm. Nas was very excited to be in this film. <laughs> like, he's very good. Um, but Questlove, uh, so the roots are there. <laughs> and then it's Jimmy Fallon right after he degloved his own finger. Oh, God. In an in, in an incident mm-hmm. um, that took place in his home. Uh, so it's just, it's a very, it's a very tasty, uh, bo- like, thing in a bottle for that. Uh, and he tries to, pre- Connor goes out and tries to promo his album, uh, and apologizes to Seal, uh, and it turns out that Owen is backstage, uh, with some Style Boys, uh, sweatshirts, and Jimmy Fallon wants to do donkey roll, and Connor begrudgingly, uh, goes out and does it, and everyone loves it, the crowd goes wild, um, but, uh, Connor hates it, Connor's very mad. <laughs> He's not. Yeah, he's not a fan fact. of his of his older work. He he yeah. he loves being the star, not not just the the front man of a trio. And it's uh, yeah, yeah it's it's a lot. Uh, and not long after this, Connor hits his uh his real low point. Mm-hmm. Uh, where Hunter is is uh he's hogging the stage. He's on there too long. He's going over his set, and he tells the audience, "I'm gonna die up here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm never getting." <laughs> Tim, awesome. I think I think Harry's like I'm sure he'll be done in a minute, and then it just cuts directly to like I hope he brought a bedpan because like I am never leaving this stage ever. <laughs> it's really good, uh, and Connor loses his patience completely, and he storms the stage, uh, and they, they I think they have like a it, it's almost like a mashup at first. Yeah. But and it then, gets very discordant very fast. Yes. It doesn't go great. It just doesn't go great at all. Uh it, it's a it's a disaster. It's a complete disaster. And there is a fight between Connor and Harry at this point that Owen tries to be a part of because poor Owen, who thinks he still matters, uh, you know, is like, I'm always in meetings. And and Connor, you know, really kind of just basically dresses him down, tells him to go. And then uh he fires Harry because Harry Unbeknownst to Connor, has signed Hunter, uh, creating, I guess, a conflict of interest sort of thing going on here. And uh, man, it's it's not going well for Connor at this point. He he has fired his manager, and uh, we're, this is kind of the the low point, right? Or does, am I missing something? Does something yeah, no, else bad. This is happen? the long dark night of the soul. 
Yeah. Um, what else? <laughs> of Connor's soul. Maximus. Yeah. Maximus does. Oh, Maximus oh, dies. Right. Yeah. That's, That's right. like so, the sort of the the final last straw. Yeah. Yes. He has a he has a pet turtle um, that has soggy bones. In yeah. <laughs> that he thinks, or that as far as we know up to this point, his yeah. mother gave to him on his right. birthday, and his mom also like. Yeah. Can I just say like please pretty good um yeah, yeah played by uh Joan Cusack just doing a really yes. great like just party mom and like the way she's just introduced is like oh she wanted to be a star but she had a kid instead and so now she's like just kind of partying all the time and she's just like doing coke uh With the like 15 year old yeah like, she's like okay kids manager. first then moms <laughs> <laughs> and uh yeah connor yeah. goes to house sit for her because she's gone on tour yeah <laughs> it's it's his very set he drinks a lot uh he starts painting horrible pictures horses. he's drawing horses yeah he gets into massage them. and sells horse pictures uh, yeah for 11 dollars and 50 cents <laughs> and i think this is where he finds out uh, that Wednesday has married Seal. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's very, very sad, very sad, very low point uh, for Connor. Uh, who now Sarah Silverman? Uh, who again? I don't, I don't know the character's name, but I, I like Paula. Just thinking that it Paula. Okay, Paula, Paula. comes out. Yeah. Uh, does a check on him? It actually is like showing that she's a real one here, and not just like only in it for the money. She's she's kind of going to to support Connor. Uh, you know, take take a look at him, and she's she's like, oh, uh, I don't want to drink. It's eleven. It's eleven a.m. and and Connor's like, it's eleven thirty somewhere, which is a line. Uh, but she gets him to get out of the house. Mm-hmm. But he will only get out of the house if he wears his disguise. Which <laughs> 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 uh, is described. Yeah, please. Nope. Go. Go ahead. I was gonna say, was it Matthew Modine, but with like. Hives? Is that what the, like? Yeah, it's something so. like that, right? With, with like a, a severe allergy. Uh, basically, they go out, they get a drink. He looks absolutely horrible, uh, but he's having fun, which is nice. And surprise, surprise, it's Owen DJing, and he's actually good. He's actually like a good musician. Can't really sing, but you know the beats are good. Uh, so he and Owen kind of, uh, you know, rebond a little bit. They they kind of get a little bit of their friendship back. And eventually, there's there's also there's also crucially a brutal burn on Jason Siegel. Yep. Uh, oh, which yes. is very fun. The just the number of like drive-bys on people who are not in the <laughs> film in this movie are just they're they're all throwaways and they're all like uh, this is good. Yeah. Very 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 good. Uh, that disguise is just it's something. It is really something. Uh, it's a lot. Uh, but this this prompts. Owen to start having some some real feelings, some real regrets about uh, how he's lived his life and treated his friends, which eventually does prompt a visit to the farm. So he can have a very long monologue apology <laughs> to Jordan, which reveals to us that not only did he not even write any part of the song that made him a star, but he was late that day and left early. <laughs> as and as, didn't show up at didn't all. Didn't show up at all. <laughs> didn't show up. It, it was. Uh, oh, he slept in. No, it was a power move. It was deliberate. Yep. Nope. <laughs> I, this is great camera work because it's just like 
you know, mockumentary style, you know, like like slightly shaky cam, just focusing on on Connor. And then I think these are like just static shots uh, that it's cutting to to Jordan, who's just standing there. Just he's just standing there. He throws the Poppy Award, which Connor has brought as like a, a peace offering. He throws it, chucks it real far, and then just stands there as Connor stumbles through an apology to finally get to an apology. This is like several minutes long that he's just monologuing going from like you know all of his justifications for how shitty he's been to yeah to actually saying sorry and then it's revealed that jordan even though he's a pretty shitty farmer himself lawrence Lawrence. sorry lawrence why do i keep calling him jordan sorry about that excuse me lawrence uh is actually a really good i guess manager of a farm and he runs like the biggest weed farm in the whole area apparently (laughs) Uh, which is amazing, and the boys get real high, and they start making music again. They start, uh, they start collaborating. Uh, which is, I'm gonna leave this to the lonely, uh, lonely island fans here because I'm assuming this, th- there's got to be some magic here, for y'all. Yeah, it is the the beats that they that they lean back on. So at least from as a person who's like kind of listened to all of their stuff in order, their stuff has gotten more complex as they realized that they were good at making music, I think. So a lot of their like early stuff, um, like just two guys, which was the, the just, just two guys. And we're having a good time. Mm-hmm. It was like a very simple beat. And that's what they kind of play with, uh, here with the sick Glenda, I think is what that song is called. Um, and it's just like really simple beats, and then they they realize that oh, it was actually really fun to make music with, uh, make music together. Uh, but yeah, yeah, it's I I do like the sort of power of friendship message here. I think that's pretty nice. Uh, and I also it's it's kind of fun because they're talking about some like old song from junior high, which is kind of funny. And it's like yeah. oh yeah, these guys are dorks. Like it's that's cute. Um, and then Connor gets a call from the poppies because what Taylor Swift was arrested did a murder for murder. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. That's a good drive by right there. Uh, and um, so, so there's room for him now to close out the poppies. Uh, and he, he invites his friends to come with him. He actually says no at first. Uh, he's actually learned his lesson at this point, the power of friendship and also weed have compelled him mm-hmm. uh, to understand that he should be nice to his friends. Don't be a dick to your friends. Um, and we're barreling towards the finale here. Uh, Merit or Nikki, do you want to, do you want to take this on? Do you want to take on the poppies? Uh, Nikki, uh, go for it. Okay. So they get, they get to the poppies um, and it turns out that they've, okay, wait, no, they get to the poppies and uh, Hunter is there. Uh, yes, and sure with is. Mariah Carey. Um, who again, like puts in work. I just don't understand the conversations that I'm sure had to have happened to be like, Mariah Carey, will you do 15 minutes worth of work and stand in front of this green screen, please? (laughs) Um, uh, and it turns out that Hunter has signed to Aquaspin, uh, and instead of like just doing the throw to the nominees, uh, during the award show, he does like a 15 second diatribe about how cool Aquasman products are and everyone hates it. Then he gets into a verbal altercation with Mariah Carey who threatens to kill him. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And then he goes off stage and has a fight with Harry um, and then gets progressively uh, 
like more and more enraged with Harry. And then Harry has his black dad moment, um, <laughs> which is very good. He just like, there's, there's what it's when he says the word young blood that I was like, Oh, oh Harry's going <laughs> to kill him. Um, and then he slaps Hunter, which is very good. And then Hunter very dejectedly walks away. Um, and then Hunter turns or, or Henry turns around and sees that, uh, the Style Boys have gotten back together. Connor realize or is given the news that they only, instead of the six minutes that they were promised, they only have three minutes because the show's gone long and they have to decide uh, which song he's going to do, if he's going to do a Connor song or a Style Boys song. <laughs> um, and the, the bit with the stage manager where he he's like <laughs> looking back at uh, his friends and then looking into the middle distance and then looking back and the <laughs> entire time the stage manager is like giving commentary to someone else about the fact that he's trying to make this decision. Um, and he walks out and he starts with uh, a line from Finest Girl, uh, which is a song that I cannot oh. believe was written. Um, <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> fuck you to rules. I saw, I saw, just as a quick aside, I saw The Lonely Island live like two years ago or something. And they did like all of their hits, obviously. Um, but there was just something about playing Finest Girl, which is a song about how he it was uh, <laughs> he was having sex with a woman who demanded that she had sex in the same fashion that Bin Laden was killed, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> which is bizarre. That's like a very but, good way of explaining it. <laughs> but there's, there's something about that song being played live that was like, oh, that's where we are with this, huh? Like, <laughs> this is where we are. Still very good. Um, and then they, it turns out that they've written, the South Boys have written a song um, called Incredible Thoughts. Michael Bolton is there. Um, I love that just, Michael Bolton has just like leaned into this. He's leaned yep. so like, far He's in. just like, oh, this is my like late, I'm entering my late career and oh, people like it when I do funny jokes. Okay, I'll do, I'll record a Valentine's Day special that's just all funny jokes and mm-hmm. I'll, just collab with these boys a lot. And yeah. also I I cut all my hair off and I kind of look, look like, um, the older I get, the more I look like a lesbian. And that's great. Yes, <laughs> yes. He, it goes between like Kevin Costner, like 10 years ago and just full lesbian, like all mm-hmm. the way. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's a lot. It's a lot. <laughs> uh, it's a lot is, is, a, is a good phrase, I think, for the, the ending of this movie. Uh, their song is a smash hit. It's a huge Everyone success. Everyone loves it. Everybody loves it, including the stage manager. Oh, can I just say also, like, <laughs> the build up to like, they're like, yeah, we like wrote a new song. We like, we found like, you know, we like found all these notes oh. that like, <laughs> that Lawrence wrote, like, and it was, it's just like, oh, wow. Okay. They're going to do this song. And then like, they start in with just like the most fucking weed ass lyrics. And it's just like, <laughs> oh no, these are just things that he wrote while he was like fucking stoned out of his mind. And they're dumb as hell. And, uh, but they're t- treating it so seriously. And everyone's like, no whoa, teeth, this is amazing. Loss. <laughs> yeah. um, to a dog, dog food is just food. food. <laughs> oh. And there was something about cats doing cocaine. Oh yeah. yeah. Um, Oh. Oh, Wait, oh I'm gonna God. look up yeah, the lyrics to that song. Addicted to the cocaine. I'm gonna look up the lyrics because okay. Um, oh yeah, yeah. A snow white dove in the pitch black night. A raindrop falls from tremendous heights. A wave crashes off of a cliff in Scotland. A child bites an apple, but the core is rotten. <laughs> 
TV is free, but what is the cost? We have GPS and yet we're still lost. A carrot in the desert, a camel in the garden, a man with giant ears begging your pardon. <laughs> God. Oh yeah. And then the a milk dead sitting in the rain, a house cat addicted to the cocaine, no yeah. teeth, unlimited floss. These are just a few of our incredible thoughts. Bolton comes in. It's very good. Oh it's my poetry. God. Incredible! It's an incredible. Imagine if a number. fish could play guitar. <laughs> Who was that fish? That was amazing. It was me. I, Tyrus was the fish. <laughs> yes. This is maybe this is it. That that's the best part of Justin Timberlake's incredible uh, role in this movie. It was Tyrus the fish. Ah, <laughs> oh, Tyrus all along. Uh, so yeah, we get a bunch of uh, montage interviews. Of course, we get Usher dancing, which is great. It's that wonderful payoff we talked about earlier. And uh, when they get off the stage, Lawrence uh, has a fan. He's got a real yeah. fan in that stage manager where they, they start making out furiously. And we start getting voiceover from Connor because we're kind of wrapping up here. It's kind of his final VO about what he's learned this whole time. Don't be a dick to your friends. Be good to people, etc. And also, oh, they're going to fuck. Like, he's just like, oh, man, they're really going at it. Uh, <laughs> he, shake, he shakes her hand at the end. Yeah. Very, <laughs> it's, very it's firm, strong handshake. It's, it's very good. Uh, and then we're, we're pretty much wrapping up here. Then we're pretty much done uh, with the movie. Am I forgetting any other great moments at the end here? Uh, no, I don't think so. He like he the Sour Boys get back together. Yeah. Uh, he gets a new turtle because his turtle passed away. Right, he gets Max too. By a, another for some reason, there's a wolf in his house. <laughs> yep. He does get attacked by that wolf. That is that's it. That is the final shot of the movie. Is him being uh, really very um, God? What is that movie that had bit Kate Beckinsale and it was werewolves and vampires and. Underworlds? Oh, Underworlds? Yeah, yeah it's Underworld. like a very Underworld wolf attack. Because the wolf is like on two legs at this point, kind of like wrestling him, which is great. Uh, and then we get the credits. And it's, of course, a Lonely Island song. And we get a very amusing uh, credit sequence, which goes, it expands, it further expands the CMZ uh, segment from earlier, which was just, you know, making fun of like the TMZ style, the uh, celebrity pop kind of stuff. Eric Andre is in there. Will Arnett is in there. <laughs> Several like really great comedic actors are in there as as the credits are rolling and they they sort of cry. They have like a therapy session, which is very nice. Uh and then we are we're pretty much done then with yeah. uh never stop. God, I keep putting I'm getting rid of this. Don't stop never stopping. <laughs> That's not the name of this friggin' movie. Never stop never stopping. Which again oh, sorry. Oh! No, is it is that the music? Is that yeah, the that music? was I was I was pulling up because I was trying to like look at how many songs are on the album that do not actually make it into this film. Yeah, okay, oh, I was shit. reading some of them too, and like There's I want to talk so, about some of the songs that we missed. Yeah, I do want to just link. I don't know how we would do this. I do want to just link "Fuck Off" because that mm -hmm. song rules. Um, <laughs> it's just it, the song "Fuck Off" is just uh, it's just Connor telling the kids that listen to his music. Yep. That's the other tremendous part about this movie because it's there's so much of it is him being like alt-world Justin Bieber. The <laughs> crowds in a lot of the shots are kids, but the kids are singing along to the music and it's just very funny to me. Um, let me see if I can, here I'll put Fuck Off. Fuck Off is it. very good. It's <laughs> tremendous. Um, 
so so okay so there's there's fuck off which is the in there oh ibiza <laughs> ibiza is very good it's very very good um can we talk about mona lisa mona, oh, oh my, god. my god mona lisa you're an overrated piece of shit <laughs> <laughs> oh god uh yeah, like that's incredible. It, he's you just look like garbage pale kid is like the next yeah, line. Okay, right? somebody explain why the whole wide world is obsessed with a yeah. garbage pale kid. <laughs> <laughs> Where the fuck are your eyebrows? I really want to yeah. know. Uh, hair part wider than a country road is a delicious uh, one. Oh my god. Okay. Um, things in my Jeep, which was Lawrence's, yeah, it, uh, oh, right. which was Kid Brain's like solo track. He's yeah. just listing things in his Jeep. And uh, <laughs> it, who is it? Who's like, oh, uh, that's like Nas. Nas. Nas is like, it is, it is. Nas. <laughs> like, that didn't really connect with me because like I have different things in my Jeep. <laughs> Very that's good. It's, it is a top three Linkin Park song. Um, just kind oh. of unironically, it's very good. Oh my god! Okay, wait. Incredible. We only get a few lines of "Hunter the Hungry is gonna eat." Um, we mm. usually just get like the first few lines, but like this song is like such a good parody of like that era of Tyler the Creator. Mm. Just like when when like I don't know a lot of music outlets were like, "Oh my god, he can't say that," but like. Um, Okay, like this part, like verse two, which I don't think is in the movie, because verse one is like the Tyrannosaurus eating beefcakes right. in the back of a Ford Taurus. Yeah. Uh, verse two starts, hey, I fucked your girl with her baby inside, and then baby had a baby with rabies and didn't survive. Think that's disgusting, peep this booger I picked, and if you think that's sick, check this ward on my dick. Like, that's just like such a fucking good, like, like, oh my God, I don't know. It's, <sighs> I love it. There's one, there's one to legalize it is just a song where he accidentally <laughs> smokes crack. <laughs> and he, he discovers uh, that it was crack. Um, mm-hmm. And he says at one point, I'm never going to die. Or, and he also says, there's also, there's another line that it's like, if the only way I'll stop is if you kill me, um, which is very good. Um, God, he has a song about Maximus the turtle. Just the the amount of work that went into this, and like I feel like we should do um, the it was not a direct follow up, but uh, of the unauthorized Bash Brothers experience, which is another mm-hmm. um, Lonely Island video piece, um, or as it's described, uh, a visual poem, which doesn't make any sense, but it's very good. Um, there's just they there's so much written uh, that they have kind of packaged together that the experience of listening to it just as an album is like different than than watching the film mm-hmm. um but they're two very full-fledged experiences regardless of how you actually end up consuming them um but yeah nice i have to say even even if and again being the hater here who actually genuinely I've come out much more mixed because talking about it has been so much fun so thank you both for that cuz that that was really fun. I really enjoyed that. Even if you're not a fan of The Lonely Island, it's hard not to appreciate the hustle of these people and like yeah. how much work they have put into and like how much dedication. There is no gag, there is no second of this movie that they are not all running on every cylinder, really, really going for it. And there is just no part of me that cannot appreciate that, even if it's not my necessarily the thing I would go to. It's still like, oh, they're they're really going for it. Like they are really putting in the work. They are really, really 
they're talented comedians. They are very talented at what makes this stuff work. And they are 100% going for it. And they're all very charming. Like, this movie is incredibly charming, even if, again, it's not your type of charm. So, yeah. You gotta, you gotta give it to him. You gotta give it to him. <laughs> Sorry, I, uh, I'm just looking at the uh, the lyrics to uh, turn up the beef, which is the, uh, oh the, my God, the Claudia the Cantrell uh, character <laughs> who is played by Emma Stone. Oh my um, God, that's and right. That's where he has the catchphrase verse, um, because you know when you when you have a catchphrase, the word the world is catched by your phrase. Um, the catchphrases are say word Dilbert doink to doink which is I think the one that sticks um, yep. Zerbert and the Sherbert Squark uh, watch me veg DJ Tanner Swanky Pumps Moped Music Patrick Stewart Money is like one of my favorites that's very good speaking of other musicians I just want to point out we did miss this but the Character who is helping uh, Bill Hader flatline is uh, written as steampunk doctor and is played by <laughs> Andy Samberg's wife, Joanna Newsom. Oh my oh. God. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's incredible. That's a good collaboration right there. Very good. Very good. Incredible role. Not this time. Oh my God. Oh, Wow. We've gone on a, a beautiful journey, a musical journey, uh, a journey of healing and a journey of uh, nice messages about uh, celebrity and also uh, friendship. Maybe not yeah. nice messages about celebrity, but uh, yeah, certainly nice some, messages some of message friendship. About, yeah, about friendship. <laughs> I, will have to, I will say some of that tone and some of those sort of like bros, bros being nice bros, not bros being like jerk bros, but nice bros. Definitely gave me a Magic Mike XXL vibe, which is uh, a movie I truly love and will watch at any time, any place, any time. If, if ever in the future we want to do something like that, so we should. Uh, as if that's a, a real good one as well. Uh, so yeah, any closing thoughts from the uh, from the folks who are into Lonely Island uh, in uh, in the podcast here? Yeah, I don't know. I think I said it at the beginning, but like. So much of the reason why this movie works is because the music at the center of it is legitimately good. Um, and I don't think that if the music was good that it would work anywhere sure. near as well um, no. as yeah. it does. But, I think yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. I, I mean, it is like a musical. It's like this type of musical comedy mockumentary, right? Like it's it's a tiny little subgenre, but it's a beloved subgenre, right? Like this is Spinal Tap and... God, the is it Dewey walk walk tall? The Dewey something? The John C? Oh, not John C. Riley. It is John C. Riley. That, that type yeah. of movie. Yeah, yeah. Walk tall or walk, walk hard. Tall. Walk hard. It's like a, a very beloved subgenre of of mockumentary, which is. I just feel like I don't know how you can make another one of these after this movie. Oh, like, for sure. Unless it's about like a radically different kind of artist like sure. you can't i don't know like it's just like how do you how do you do it better than that it's also yes. like i think the window on how ridiculous like the exaggeration of celebrity that happens in this movie is so contextualized by the fact that it was like 2014 15 16 when this movie yeah. was made 
the the leaps and bounds that celebrity like the concept of celebrity has made in the last six years i think the any exaggeration would feel gross kind of because it would be ignoring the other sides of it if that makes any sense i just like i don't know how you like critique the the amount of like work required to critique celebrity in 2020 is like is a different conversation to have i don't know you can write this movie um yeah yeah though that is one one thing i did want to i guess as we're closing out here this came out you know before we were in the the complete end of times that we live in now where satire is kind of dead right like like there are obviously that's not that is an oversimplification that is a gross oversimplification but parody was a healthier is in a healthier state a few years ago just in general right it was it felt like a little safer and more fun than necessarily it does now in some ways and so in that way i do feel like yeah this is kind of a movie of its time in that way um nikki when you're talking about uh celebrity being sort of different now are you speaking about like celebrities using their platforms in a particular way yeah it's like i think the the perfect example for this, right, is yeah. he, Con- there's a line, ve- there's a throwaway line very early where Connor releases a single and he says, I'm surprised releasing a single at uh, 12 p.m. on Thursday. Uh, go <laughs> tell your friends to go download it. Um, <laughs> yeah. That is, is super, uh, it's very naked in a way that you're like, oh, that's funny because it's like a little bit of commentary on like how music's released. But yeah. Justin Bieber just like put up an Instagram post the other day that was mm-hmm. like, um put make it a playlist fill the playlist with the song and then play it when you go to sleep but on very low volume but don't put it on no volume because that doesn't count like i won't get paid if that doesn't work we're trying to get the song into the charts like i don't know that is that is the joke so i don't know what the joke is after that Mm -hmm. um yeah yeah that that super makes sense 2020 is 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 a trip right (laughs) Oh, man. And a trip we have been on. Thank you. Thank you both for uh, genuinely helping me appreciate this movie uh, quite a bit. Because just being being an old and watching it on my own, I didn't quite enjoy it as much. But talking through it and talking through the way the humor was constructed, I, I had a fucking blast. So thank you both. That was pretty yeah. awesome for me. And uh, I guess that's kind of all we have for this week. And uh, as always, we hope you enjoyed your cinematic journey with us. Be sure to rate and review our podcast. I know it's annoying, but it really helps. It helps us so much, and we could use the help. So uh, listen to all our stuff at fanbyte.com slash podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Fanbyte Media, Instagram at Fanbyte, on TikTok on at Fanbyte, and of course on fanbyte.com. And please make sure you watch our excellent uh, show, Late Lunch, uh, which is on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays on twitch.tv slash fanbyte. Nikki, do you want to give an extra special shout out for Late Lunch since you are the Late Lunch co-host? It's great. You should go watch it. Um, we have, uh, <laughs> y'all Y'all know about PAX East? Yeah. yeah. You know about that one? Uh, yeah. We've got a panel. So we'll be at PAX East Hell yeah. doing something something uh, under the banner of Late Lunch uh, that we definitely <laughs> have planned uh, and we know what it's going to be. <laughs> that, you know... I feel like that that works for our chaotic energy here. Uh-huh. I'm, I'm happy. 100%. 1230 <laughs> at the Cuttlefish it. Theater on the 29th. Cuttlefish. We're going to have a surprise uh, podcast on 1230 Cuttlefish. Uh, Nikki, where can people find you online? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Godsewa, G-O-D-S-E-W-A. Merritt, how about you? 
uh, at Merit K to RSGTs and like, please, you know, make a playlist of this podcast and just like put it on under your pillow <laughs> and like low volume because like we will get more listens then. So yeah. Oh, it's not a bad idea. Uh, I'm at Danielle Rai on Twitter. A at sorry, A, not A, at D-A-N-I-E-L-L-E-R-I. Thank you so much, everyone. Really appreciate it. And as always, you love to see it. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. 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 <laughs>